you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Next up on Total Access, the locker room. The kids that used to go out and play running back to say, you know what, I want to play running back. Guess what they're playing? Wide receiver. Because mm-hmm. wide receivers are the one that they see getting paid. Welcome to NFL Total Access, the locker room. I'm Michael Robinson, joined by former head coach Brian Billick. Coach, what's going on, big dog? Doing good, man. I'm looking forward to this podcast because we've got a chance to visit with someone I respect a great deal. I want to talk about the running backs. Absolutely. We're going to let you guys in on what players and coaches really talk about inside the locker room. Well, as you mentioned, Coach, today is all about the running back position. Obviously, I love it, too. That's what I played in the National Football League. But today we have the honor of welcoming in Hall of Famer and a guy who really set the tone for an entire generation of running backs and our co-worker at NFL Network, LaDainian Tomlinson, joining the show. What's up, LT? What's going down, big dog? Hey, how you guys doing? Coach, M. Rob, man, it's good to be on with you guys. Oh, you're going to enjoy it. This is a little more open than what you're used to, so we're going to have some fun. So so first up, man, you, you can't come on the show and not tell a locker room story. And I got to preface it by saying this ain't no PG locker room story. I mean, we got to get into some stuff, something that you can't say on Total Access, uh, not even in the production meeting. It's just us. This is us in the locker room talking. Give us a locker room story of behind the scenes or something in your career, brother. Well, before I tell the locker room story, can I say – what I miss, guys, about the locker room. Can I give a quick shout yeah. out to, sure. to um, you know, on Fridays when you when you get when you're going on a road trip and you make the rookies bring Popeyes chicken, and that oh. was a time of of bonding and fellowship. Fridays before you went and got yes. on that plane, the rookies go get that Popeyes chicken, man, and you're all sitting there uh, in the locker room eating Popeyes, talking and, and yakking it up, telling lies about what happened <laughs> last night and this third and the other. That's what I miss, man, about the locker room. So shout out to man. I, I miss the locker room. That's so, awesome, man. So one particular time, uh, for the sake of this story, guys, 
I'm going to call this player Paul, okay? I don't want to put nobody Change the name to protect the innocent. That's right. You oh. know, so, so Paul, one of my teammates, was dating a celebrity in Hollywood, okay? Now, I don't know if he was dating her or they had a little fling going on. Let's call her Sarah, okay? So Sarah, mm-hmm. they, <laughs> Paul and Sarah hooked up, I guess. And so, I mean, that's nothing... That's nothing that's abnormal. It's nothing out of the ordinary, right? Most, you know, professional athletes, sometimes, you know, you run into um, Hollywood celebrities and you hook up, go have a drink, and then spend the night together. That's a big deal. But in (laughs) this particular case, this dude came back to the locker room, guys, and he had a piece of her hair with him in in his locker. What? In his locker. Hey, stop lying, man. Along with a couple of other things, he kept wow. that in his locker as you a locker piece. Now, no, I'm serious. So here's my question. Was that voluntarily? Did she voluntarily cut a piece of her hair to give it to wow. him? Or did he sneak up on her when she when he was about to hit the door? <laughs> <laughs> I think he snuck up on her, dog. I think he snuck up on her, dog. Ain't no way no woman gonna be cutting her hair just so you can hang no it in way. your locker room. No, nah, dog. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's that's pretty good. That's why I kind of stayed out of the locker room. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's yeah. I kind of let them have their run, and then you talk about the Fridays. I'll tell a quick story. Uh, when we got, I was in Minnesota, and we got uh, Warren Moon, and Warren Moon's just a classy guy and a great teammate. Well, he's gonna he's gonna do the Friday meal, you know, mm-hmm. the, and and this would be great. Well, Warren, who is long time head to the Hall of Fame, he gets some five star restaurant. To come in and cater, and it was it was a hell of a spread. I mean, it probably cost him a fortune. And you could see the guys going, "Where's the chicken, man? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's all Where's we wanted the Popeyes, man. I don't want to eat escargot and whatever. No. Where's the damn Popeyes chicken?" So, uh, <laughs> but LT, I, I've been looking forward to doing this one because we've got some really dynamic backs playing right now. But I'm interested in in your perspective. Can't think of a better one to have than yours what what makes a great back today has it changed and and is it different i mean to me because you got that dichotomy of okay there's not a lot of them but there's a 300 carry guys yep. derrick henry's and the ezekiel Elliott's, and then there's the dalvin cooks you know and alvin Kamara. talk about you know how you view these two different types of running backs well, Coach, I, I believe it's all about how you're building your team. You mentioned Derrick Henry. I mean, they've built that team to run the football, to run it 30-plus times and, you know, throw it equally as much. You know, they're not going to get much over that throwing the football. And so you need a big bruiser type of back that can wear people down if you have that type of offense. To me, that offense, you know, like a guy like Dalvin Cook, mm-hmm. you know, like, will he fit in that offense? He probably would because he's such a great talent, but I don't think they would utilize his best skill set because yeah. he's a guy that, like I was, can catch the ball out the backfield, create right. matchups right. out the backfield. Mm-hmm. And so I really think, Coach, that's the way the game is going with running backs. I know you're still going to have your 240-pound backs to pound it in there. To me, that's going to become more of situational type of football with those big backs. Four-minute really? offense. I, I, 
improv. I'm telling you because I think about the trend just since we played of, of yeah. how many 20 carry backs there mm -hmm. are now. There's not many of them anymore. And so it's telling you that this becoming a specialized game. And so in certain situations, I need that specialized running back that can do certain things for me. Now, as a runner, I do not like it at all. Not yet. <laughs> you know, I, 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 want the, I want the three down back. I want the guy that can do everything that his, you don't have to take him off the football field. That's what I prefer. But in today's game, you guys know, like I know, it's really become a specialized game all about matchups. And you need certain running backs to match up. Yeah, and I agree with you to a, to a degree, LT. Um, I still think there's going to always be room for the bell cow back. As, to your point, you know, the generational guys like yourself, you were a generational back, the Adrian Petersons of the world, the Marshawn Lynch's, the Ezekiel Elliott. I think he's in a he's in a general he's a generational type of a guy, maybe the Christian McCaffrey. I still think it's going to always be room uh, for those for those guys. But you and I, we talk about sometimes the price for these guys, right? The price tags. We've seen guys get paid. We saw Derrick Henry get paid this offseason. Dalvin Cook get paid. We've seen um, Alvin Kamara get paid. Ezekiel Elliott got paid uh, not too long ago. Um, what are your thoughts on backs getting paid? We're the only position where all 11 guys on defense is attacking the line of scrimmage when we get the football. I, I always tell people that. That's a and it's not scary because we like to run the ball, but that, that says something. Should we be paid different? Do you think we should have our own, you know, CBA with regards to contracts? Look at Coach laughing at me. But, I, I mean, yeah. I, I think it's a real deal because the position is different. Yeah, you just mentioned um, generational backs. Now, when you talk about generational backs, they're far few and in, in, in between, as, as we know. Yeah. And so, yes, those guys are going to always get paid and they're always going to be the bell cows because they're such dangerous players that you can't take them off the field. Any particular time, those guys can hit the home run for you. And so yeah. as coach know, you need those guys on the field. But again, they're far few and in between. And this is what I believe. I believe it's because nowadays, the kids that used to go out and play running back, they say, you know what, I want to play running back. Guess what they're playing? Wide receiver. Because mm -hmm. wide receivers are the one that they see getting paid. You know, everybody talks about ah. the running backs don't get paid no more. They're devalued. Why in the heck, as, as a father or parent, I want my kid to play running back today? Why yeah. would I? You know, I, I want him to play wide receiver. That's a good point. I never thought Better yet, let him, let him golf. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I will say this, and I, and I don't know that people fully appreciate it, having been in the game, man and boy, for better than 45 years. We all know this is a big, violent, physical game. Nobody, nobody takes a beating in the NFL like a running back. I don't think people can appreciate. I mean, the inline and the offensive linemen, and they're pushing and shoving and punching, and, and obviously the linebackers and all that guy. But the down end, by the season's end, I don't think people appreciate the physical toll that running backs that you guys know firsthand mm -hmm. took with that being said, I'm interested because we talked about a couple different. I'm I'm interested in tell me who your top five backs are. If you're going to start a franchise, all uh -oh. you know, short term, which would be would it be that 
that Derrick Henry Ezekiel Elliott type, or would you go more for the if you had to pick one, what would you do? <laughs> they listening now, T. You know that. I, I, know, I, mean, you know, I you know, I love Derrick Henry. I, I really do. And I, I always yeah. think there is a place for him because he's special. He's a big special back, a big powerful back that got great feet and speed. So he can always be on my team in, 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 in my top five. But with that said, I'm gonna choose a guy like Aaron Jones, a guy like Dalvin mm, Cook, good. a guy like Christian mm. McCaffrey, a guy like Saquon Barkley, because I want the more versatility. I, I want to be able to have an offense that I can do multiple things, and that defense cannot get a read on what, what I'm doing on offense. Sometimes when you switch these guys in and out, defenses are smart, man. They can sit there and say, okay, they brought this guy in here. Chances are they're going to throw it here, or chances are they're going to run power here. Yeah, That's what happens, you know? That's true. Okay, but you ain't answered the question until your top five backs right now, dog. Okay. We still we, we still waiting on that answer. And, of course, they're listening to you. You know that. Yeah, they I listen know. to the podcast. I, know. I, I, I got Christian McCaffrey number one. Flip to McCaffrey, trucking left. He's got the first down. He's got a touchdown left pylon. I know he's been banged up this, this year, but that guy has been ultra productive. He's been so great and available, as, yeah. as we talk about. Your best ability is availability. Coach, you know that as a runner, yeah, right. you, you got to be out there on the field. So Christian is is, is one for me. Dalvin Cook is, is number two. And off Dalvin shakes a tackle at the 25. And the race is on. Touchdown! Dalvin Cook mm-hmm. is right there. I still have to say Saquon Barkley is, is he's yeah. in my top three. Handoff Barkley follows his block. He's to the 10 to the five and he'll go in for the touchdown. You know, he's special, man. Yes, he is, man. You know, he is the very combination special. of he could be he could be that 300 carry if that's what they chose to do, but he can he can still be that 70, 80 reception guy. Absolutely. You know, there's nothing that that guy can't do. But how and long can he do it? How long can he do it? Yeah. How long can he do it, LT? Because, I mean, again, I think he is a generational back. He went to Penn State, so you know I love him, right? I think Saquon is that. But I'm sorry, bro, and I know you don't, you don't like to probably, you know, toot your own horn. There's not many Ladanian Tomlinsons that has ever walked this planet, bro. And so to be able to do that for a number of years and carry a franchise, that's tough, man. It is tough. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. And I was fortunate because I invested a lot in my body. And, and mm-hmm. I, you know, because I invested a lot in my body, my diet, it paid off for me where I never had a surgery. I never got seriously injured, you wow. know, and so it wow. paid off for me. So, but but here's the thing, guys, and this is what I would ask Saquon Barkley if, if I had a chance to talk to him. He's been in the league three years. He's had one phenomenal year, his, his first year. Then he got hurt the second two years. So there's an adjustment period that needs to happen. He needs to understand now what he can and cannot do on the field in terms of being available. Sometimes it's okay to play smarter, not harder. Meaning your team mm-hmm. needs you for 16 plus. They don't need you to get this extra two yards and try to fight through three guys and blow your knee out. You know, that's yeah. not helping anybody. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so sometimes guys have to adjust their game. And I remember after my first year, I, I did the same thing. Like my first year, you know, I just tried to run through people. I wanted to prove a point. That and was Marshall, the name of the game back then. I, I know, but Marshall Falk, after the season, he said, young fella, let me tell you something. He <laughs> said, you ain't going to survive running through these people like that. He said, I respect how hard you run. He said, but 
if you don't adjust your game and start to make some people miss and pick your battles, you're not going to last. And he started naming different backs. Look at this back. Right. Look at this back. And, and so, you know, I learned at an early age that, man, he was right because my rookie year, I did get beat up. Man, I was beat the hell, right. you know, my rookie <laughs> year. Well, part of that, would you not mentor the backs now? Because, and I'm taking a longer view, and Mike, you already talked about yeah. the payday. These big physical back, because you all, you like you said, I want to run the ball. You know, give me the, what was always the complaint, coach, coach. I can't, I don't get warm till I carry the ball twenty times. You know, you mm-hmm. got to, you got to get me going. But having said that, okay, that's all well and good. You, you'll get the second contract, but you won't get the third, because yeah. yeah. you won't make it to the third. Is part of the mentality more long range thinking? Going, okay, as much as I want to carry the ball, I don't want to be a three hundred carry back. Cause that's not going to get me that longevity where I get that next go round of maybe that, that third level of contract. Cause by that time I'm just worn out. I think that goes back to what M Rob mentioned and, and, we, and I didn't address it at the time, but let's address it now. And that's the contracts for running backs. I think the way you solve that problem coaches is, is running backs must sign shorter deals two to three year, mm-hmm. three year max, in my opinion, because it constantly changes in terms of if that running back still holds that value to your team. You know, say you say you draft a young quarterback. Say you draft a Justin Herbert or, or, or Joe Burrow, okay? Now, you got a running back that's going into his last year. Now, he he's a, good, he's a really good running back, but is he special? Is mm-hmm. he special? Now, are you going to pay him all that money on that second contract? Probably not, you know, so what if, what if you did a two-year contract that way, mm-hmm. you know, you can always be flexible, uh, create more value sides, for yourself. Both sides can always be flexible, right? You create more value and then you do have those three-year and possibly sometimes for your contracts that come up. If a running back is able to continue to play at a high level, eight, nine, ten years down the road. But, 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 but you know what guys and coach to your, to your point, to answer your question a little bit. That's kind of that. Sometimes the team determines that value. That, you know, a lot, a lot of the times, and you know, the player might may think that he's worth something. May maybe thinking he's worth something else. And if the all team the ain't giving all the time, you know, if the team ain't no, giving him the really? ball, yeah, if the team ain't giving him the ball, so he can validate that, or you know, there is that dynamic there. The problem for the clubs are it, it, you have to look at it outside the specific position because, like, you're taking LT. Yeah. Unless it's that really special dude, for me, it's always a cost-benefit analysis of okay, if if I put my if I don't put my money in this running back, what are my alternatives? And we see that in the draft. Okay, mm-hmm. although a little bit more recently, we're getting running backs pushed further up into the first round because the mentality is okay. I don't have to expend the resources on a first round because the guy I can get in the second or third might be pretty good. We have a history of that too, Mm. unless it's really that special guy. So I think that's some of the mentality of the clubs. Not that I don't think this guy's worth it, but I might get more value and I can put that resource, you know, even if it's the the paycheck, I can put it in the quarterback. I can put it in the receiver because I can, I can, it's more economical 
and I can get a committee of backs, or I can get the same productivity from. So it's again, not fair to the backs, it's, it's not, not so, fair. So, so the team no. has changed their mentality. The back no, ain't do nothing. It's just business. Oh, so now it's just business. So that's Which what I think. To my point, yeah, two, two three years. My, my son play running back in today's game. Yeah. Oh man, and I've been telling my little boy to play running back. See, look at you, LT. You got me thinking about yeah, <laughs> play something else. But look, before we let you go, LT, I, I got to talk about your departure from at the time it was the San Diego Charger Chargers, but they're the Los Angeles Chargers now. Um, when we talked before, I, you know, I asked you about um, how how it changed for you. You went from being the top dog in one place, and it's not like you weren't respected or anything like that in New York, but your role kind of changed to a degree where you, you know, they had a young guy there that they wanted to get the carries and you became more of a source of knowledge, you know, in special situations, they used you. Um, how'd you, how'd you handle that part of it, man? Because you're a hall of famer. And I remember you leaving uh, San Diego at the time. I didn't think you were done. So like, how'd you handle that? Was this a little animosity to the team at the time? No, not really. No animosity yeah. at all. But I think, it, it was the mindset for me in going to a new place, understanding that, that you know, they don't owe me anything. I have mm-hmm. to earn everything that I get on this team. All they know is this guy in San Diego that we have heard about, you know, for years, but we don't know this guy. So what is yeah. he going to do for us? And so I couldn't go in demanding anything. So my mindset was I'm going to go in, earn everything I get. If I got to play third down, I'm going to be the best damn third down back in the league. You know, mm-hmm. that was my mindset. But honestly, M. Rob, it was more hard for me to transition at the end of my San Diego Chargers career because I started to see the team change around me. We mm-hmm. no longer was, you know, that Marty Schottenheimer um, pounded type of physical team. You know, when North came in, North was like, hey, man, we need to throw the ball a little bit more. We can't sit here and and run like we used to, we got to open it up and get people to back off and, and help you out a little bit. And so, of course, I bought into it. I'm like, yeah, that's that's a great idea. But as a player, when you start to see the team change, meaning, man, we're not as physical as we used to be. Yep. Man, we're getting pushed around. Man, we're kind of soft. You know, uh-huh. as, as a captain, I couldn't sit there. I couldn't sit and watch that happen. So I would speak about it. I would talk in the locker room about it you know, maybe mention little things, little hints in the media about it. And most people thought, you know, I was just mad that, you know, we weren't having success. But I can see these things transpiring. One of the other things was, you know, like I know Coach and Embron, if you're not working on it in practice, don't expect it to happen in games. Work in the game. So we used to do all these run drills in practice, right? You know, <laughs> no longer were we doing run drills. We're doing pass drills. Pass protection. <laughs> yeah. And so now we can't run the ball. And I'm like, we can't run it because we don't run it in practice. You know, but that was hard for me to, to get to that transition where they were saying, no, it's, it's about to become Phillips' team now. We're moving away from the way we used to play. And that's what I had more difficult with accepting that than the transition to New York. Wow, man. That's awesome. Well, LT, man, thank you for joining the show, bro. Like, you got to come on a little bit more often, man. We got a lot of topics we'll we can it. talk about on, on, on NFL Total Access, man. So great perspective, guys. We got to do it again. 
That'll do it for this week's show of NFL's Total Access, The Locker Room. We'll be back next week to give you guys more insight from a locker room point of view. Let's get it. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> Love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l e e s a dot com slash iHeart.